0: Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horniman, AKA the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. So today we are doing Hashimoto's 411. I wanted to go over a hundred if we can get to them tiny tips and topics and things you might know and things you might not know and going over them one by one because you never know if you were just diagnosed these are things that you need to know right now and maybe you've had a diagnosis for a while but you still are searching for some answers so let's talk about it one by one i made hormone fixer for you to get more of that gsd hormone You want adequate levels of testosterone in order to have motivation, in order to burn fat, in order to build sexy lean muscle that is not only going to make you better at burning fat every single day, it's also going to protect you. It's going to protect you as you age. It's going to protect your bones. You want sexy lean muscle in order to have a metabolism. So get some hormone fixer. Start taking it and just enjoy the benefits. What we have been hearing from the community of people taking it, improved energy, improved strength. They're seeing their muscles pop out and look amazing when they're working out. They're getting that pump. They're having a libido. They actually want to have sex again. You cannot go wrong with Hormone Fixer. It increases your growth hormone. It increases your testosterone. The cystic quadrangulus and it helps your bones. The Tonkat helps keep your sex hormone binding globulin low, which we want that as well. So it's not bound up to our thyroid hormones and testosterone. Try the Hormone Fixer. Trust me, it's going to change your world. Let's start. Big question of Hashimoto's. Uh, why did I get this and is it something that I did? No, it's not something that you did and it's not your fault. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition. So it's where I always use the analogy of soldiers. You have these little soldiers and they go out. When you have an autoimmune condition, they attack the part of their, they're just confused. They just don't know, they're confused. And so they go out and they attack a part of your body that you really don't want them to attack. So in Hashimoto's, those little soldiers are going out and they are beating up your thyroid, left and right. They're just attacking the heck out of it and eventually destroying it. And that's the big thing with Hashimoto's, we want to treat properly so that you don't eventually have a completely missing, destroyed, non-working thyroid, that's not good for you or for anyone. Um, it is not your fault, it's not something that you did. So I always tell my story about how I was missed. I know six times and going back, back, back 20 some odd years when I was competing in Fitness and Figure and I put on 20 pounds. So here's me doing a very strict diet, going to the gym twice a day and the weight's going up in the scale. Doesn't really make sense biologically, right? So it's not necessarily something that I did. Okay, can over-dieting drop your T3 and drop your thyroid function? Yes, we talk about that often. And can, I don't know, let's say being exposed to a ton of stress or chemicals or that extreme dieting trigger an autoimmune condition to come on? Yes, but you already had that. It was, it was dormant. So we always say the three big P's, so puberty, pregnancy, and perimenopause are the times that women will often see Hashimoto's rear its ugly head. And in addition to that, extreme dieting and stress can bring it on as well. So if you've been through a really traumatic, stressful event, that can actually trigger those soldiers to go out and start attacking your thyroid. So no, it's nothing that you did, it's called life. You have an autoimmune condition, and that is what is going on. Um, if you just have hypothyroidism, no, it's not something that you did. It's not your fault. It is just a down regulation for whatever reason. So if it's not Hashimoto's, but it is, you should note that 90% of all hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. So chances are, and, and remember too, thyroid antibodies often come back as a false negative. So you might have it and not know it. Um, but it's important to know that even with regular old run-of-the-mill hypothyroidism, you didn't cause it. Okay, moving on, because we have a lot to get through. Um, the thyroid, it's really important, and, and a lot of this is repetition. Maybe you've heard me say this before, but the thyroid controls nearly every body system. So your heart Your weight, of course, right? Your energy, your brain, a lot of us have brain fog. Your bowel movements, so bowel motility, a lot of you struggle with constipation. Um, Your kidneys, your hair growth, your skin, it controls everything. It is the master gland, something to keep in mind. So testing and diagnoses, you know, this goes way beyond blood work. So we have to take, and this is what functional medicine does, It takes into account you as a whole person. So we're looking at you as a whole person in addition to your labs. Now, when we're talking about the labs, they have to be full and complete. You cannot say, I want a full thyroid panel and have them test TSH and free T4. That just doesn't work. TSH is the most common. Doctors will test the TSH. Um, but TSH, I always give the analogy of a plumber, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another one. Um, it's like read it's like the reading of your electric meter. So it tells you the big picture for a month of kind of what's going on, but it's not giving you that daily. It's not fluid. It it changes by the hour. So The other analogy I give is if you have a flood in your basement and you call a plumber and the plumber comes in, looks in your kitchen sink, and you don't have water spewing out of the kitchen sink, and he walks away and says, I don't see a problem here. And you're saying, you have to look deeper. You have to go in my basement. I have two feet of water down there. That is the TSH. It does not give the full picture of how your thyroid is functioning. You have to do all the tests. So we like to do TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and the thyroid antibodies to start, and then we can add on from there. But if you are being diagnosed by your TSH alone, if you're being dosed, so if you are diagnosed already and you are on thyroid medication and you're being dosed by your TSH number, that is also incredibly wrong and will do you nothing but a disservice because you most likely are under medicated and not optimized, not functionally optimized. So we said that we need a a full thyroid panel. You know one thing to keep in mind um when you're getting these thyroid panels done and we will go over medication when to take it a little bit more but it's really important actually i just had a patient come in with a very high free t3 number and she's only on a very low dose of t3 medication but the fact that she took it the morning of her labs it's now showing a falsely elevated free T3. So it's very important that you do not take your medication in the morning of your labs. I don't care if your doctor tells you to. Do not do it because you will be, now this patient is at risk for having her doctor decrease her T3 amount, decrease her T3 dose when she actually doesn't need it to be decreased. It's giving us a false elevated. So she needs to have that retaken on a day where she skips her T3 medication. Now, the way I like to do it is, if I'm getting my labs done tomorrow, I will skip my afternoon dose of T3 today, I will skip my morning dose tomorrow, and then I will take the morning dose of T3 right after my lab. So that way I'm giving myself a full, I like 24, a full 24, if not a little bit more, 24 plus hours of cleaning up my system of T3 because it's very fast acting and getting an accurate reading on those labs. Now it's important to also know that free T3 is the highest in the morning and it's the lowest around two or three in the afternoon. So, if you can actually wait a little bit and not do it first thing in the morning, because first thing in the morning can actually also give us an elevated free T3 number. So, if you take your medication, if you take your T3 medication or your NDT in the morning and you go in the morning to get your labs drawn, you could have an elevated free t3 to which you will be told that you're fine you're normal everything's fine or they'll reduce your meds so you don't want to do that um just a little tidbit of info to keep in mind so i like to go i don't like to push it till two or three in the afternoon but i do like to go a little bit later in the morning to just allow things to balance out and to level out. Um, TSH is also, now we're not going to be diagnosing or dosing based on TSH, but TSH is also lowest in the morning and highest in the evening, closer to bedtime. So that's why sometimes we dose T4 only right before bed because it has better absorbability and it actually acts on the TSH circ- circadian rhythm. Just a little fun fact. Okay. So as you all know, there is no one size fits all with Hashimoto's, there are different different levels of Hashi so if you want to learn about the five stages of Hashimoto's you can watch that video by going to my YouTube channel I have it on there five stages of Hashimoto's so we go through those five stages and the end stage is destruction total destruction of the thyroid as well as other autoimmune conditions coming on so it's important to note with autoimmunity that where we see one we normally see three and that's why we like to keep those soldiers at bay going back to the soldier analogy keep them in there in their barracks, um, keep them contained, don't let them out because then they're gonna go beat up another body part. So with Hashimoto's, those soldiers are beating up your thyroid, then with, if it goes on to Crohn's, they're beating up your gut. If it goes on to Celiac, they're destroying the small intestinal villi. So on and on we go and normally where we see one, we see more than one. In addition, we went over normal TSH but a patient does not feel normal. What does that mean? So you can have a completely normal TSH and by normal, I mean in the standard lab value range of up to 4.5. Now that has been debated throughout the years and functional medicine really likes that TSH to be below a two. But even that, even if you have a TSH below a two, but your free T is in the tank, Your thyroid hormones are in the tank, T4 and T3, but specifically T3, since that is the active thyroid hormone. Then we are going to take a look at that. And we're definitely going to want to look at your antibodies to see if those are present and available for us to view um, if we're not getting a false negative and paint that whole picture. That's why you can't go by the TSH alone because your TSH could be normal, but you still could be subclinical hypothyroid with a low free T3. This TSH range is very, very controversial. So if you are on actually thyroid hormone replacement, I like to see it below a one, below a 1.5. If you have, if you are a, a thyroid cancer survivor, we like to see that suppressed. So we like to see your TSH suppressed. I do not want you to be scared of suppressed TSH. So you may be told, by your doctor, whether you are, especially if you are on thyroid medication, but whether you are a thyroid cancer survivor or not, if you have a suppressed TSH, oh my goodness, you're gonna get osteoporosis and you're gonna have a heart attack. That is not true. It has been proven false in the medical literature. It does not cause osteoporosis and bone loss, and it does not cause heart attacks or arrhythmias unless you have a previous existing condition. So if you have had a heart attack, if you have AFib, if you have tachycardia, you may be watched a little bit more carefully and your T3 dose might be lower and your TSH might be a little bit more into the one to two range and not suppressed entirely. Those are the caveats to that. But I do not want you to be pulled in to the false assumption that a suppressed TSH is going to cause heart failure and osteoporosis. That simply is not the case. And you also might hear the false, assu- the false advice or facts or whatever you wanna call it, that T3 symptoms can occur when TSH is kept too low for too long. So what do I mean by that? So TSH being kept too low for too long, some docs will say, okay, this can bring on uh, T3 symptoms, meaning you're going, that's what they call it, T3 symptoms. So meaning you are going to feel, uh, well, it should be low T3 symptoms. You're gonna feel hypo again, You may go from hyper to hypo state. You may have heart palpitations and arrhythmias and feel very anxious and jittery and then still swing into the hypo where you have the brain fog and the low energy and the weight gain. I have been suppressed with my TSH for I don't know, 15 plus years, it's probably more than that. I've been on T3 only therapy for about that long. So my TSH has definitely been suppressed. One thing to note, if you are on T3 therapy, now this can happen with T4. I've seen this happen with just Synthroid, definitely with NDT, anything with T3 in it, and then my T3 only people, your TSH is just gonna be suppressed. If you think, if you, you know, send your doctor back to the to the medical books and, and open up the basics, right, the pituitary secretes TSH. So this is not a function of your thyroid hormone production. Thyroid stimulating hormone. So it stimulates the thyroid, it's not released by the thyroid. Released by the pituitary, stimulates the thyroid to produce hormones. If you were taking an adequate amount of thyroid hormone replacement therapy because you have to, and we do call it thyroid hormone replacement therapy and not thyroid medication for my people that don't wanna take medication. You are replacing a hormone that is no longer working properly in your body and that might not be there at all. If you've had a total thyroidectomy, partial thyroidectomy, or if you are in the later stages of Hashimoto's where your thyroid's being destroyed, listen, you're just not producing the hormones. You gotta take it. But in taking it and you get to that optimal level, right? Your pituitary is like, hey, is there enough thyroid hormone here to do the job? Yeah? All right. We'll quiet down and shut up. So the TSH becomes suppressed. It goes lower and lower and lower as the pituitary senses that there's enough thyroid hormone. It's a feedback loop, so to speak. So, Well, it is a feedback loop. Um, so do not be scared when you see your TSH suppressed. I do not have hyposymptoms whatsoever. I feel rather optimized actually. I have the cognition and awareness and concentration to get through the whole day. So no brain fog here. I'm optimized. My TSH is suppressed. Many of my patients are suppressed, not to worry. Okay, moving on. Remember that T4 has to convert to T3. I know this is 101 for a lot of you and it's a lot of repetition, but bear with me because we're going to get to some points that you don't know yet. So T4 to T3 t4 must convert to t3 and many 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 things can get in that way i like to refer to it as running a marathon with hurdles all those hurdles are your iron status and insulin. Do you have insulin resistance? Do you have estrogen dominance? Um, are you anemic? Is your ferritin low? What about too much selenium? What about not enough selenium? What about too much iodine? What about not enough iodine? All these factors just get in the way of T4 to T3 conversion. And oh, by the way, do you have a genetic mutation that can also prevent a conversion? Just talked to somebody yesterday in the UK, gonna be my patient. She has that test. I love it. And guess what? She's positive. So that gives us a lot of information that she is a non-converter or really, really bad at converting and might be a T3 only candidate. Okay. I am hearing you. I am hearing your frustration and I was in your shoes, so I totally get it. You are tired of the doctor jumping. You are tired of being medically gaslit. You are sick of being told that you're normal when you know that your body is rebelling against you. You know that the weight gain and the fatigue and the hair loss and the low libido and the dry skin is not you. That's not how you were years ago. That's not how your body was meant to be. And that's not how you want to live the rest of your life. So I'm going to invite you to work with me and my team. We can prescribe in all 50 states, including many provinces in Canada. So we got you covered there in the thyroid and the hormone department. We have you covered. Yes, we use bioidentical hormones only, none of that synthetic garbage. And we fix you. We bring you to that optimized state where you can live with me in optimization land, where you have actual energy to get through your day, I swear you're not going to be looking at the couch at 2 p.m. wondering how quick you can take a nap. You will lose weight. You won't gain weight every time you go out to eat or look sideways at a brownie. We will get you to that optimized state. So I'm going to invite you to book an application call. And this is where you are going to go over everything, your health journey and all the different things you've tried and your frustrations, You're going to go over that with my team and we will put you into the program that fits you the best. If you need prescriptions, we have you covered. So go ahead and click the book a call link in the show notes. I promise we will take good care of you. You can stop the doctor jumping once and for all. Stop wasting money on BS programs. Stop buying programs off of Instagram, people. I know you. I see you. (laughs) I know what you're doing. Looking for answers. We can fix you. T4. I want you to think of T4 is money in the savings account, but you can't use it right now. T3 is money in your pocket and is available right now so if you think of t4 being the storage t3 being active and available for your cells to pick up t3 is what your cells want anyways it's what they want anyways moving on preferred thyroid replacement okay people ask me what is your favorite thyroid medication i say the one that works best for you so there's no one size fits all with this sometimes we have to play around so there are your natural desiccated thyroids. So your, your NDTs, your Armour, NP, um, Nature Thyroid, so on, so on. There are your synthetics. that's your Synthroid, your Levo, your Lavoxyl, your Tyrosynt. On the T3 side, it's Leothyronine and Cytomel. I want the one that's gonna work for you. Sometimes we use a combination. So sometimes we will use NDT and T3 combined. Sometimes, and a lot of you on here right now can speak to this, NP thyroid just doesn't work so well lately. It's been really kind of in the crapper. So we might have to switch. And I've had patients that do really well on armor, don't do well on NP, do well on nature Throid, and and do well on the synthetics. So oftentimes it's very personalized. It's very individualized. We have to move you around until we find that sweet spot, that perfect combination of medication or the medication and the dose that is going to work for you the only thing i am not a fan of is t4 only many of you have heard me say that i am not a fan of t4 only but really it comes down to the the medication that's right for you is the one that's going to work for you so maybe you are a t3 only candidate well that means that if we add in t4 you're going to get worse and you're going to feel more hypo even though that medication dose is going up so you think oh more thyroid hormone replacement better you know better metabolism, better feeling, more energy, but that's not the case if you do not convert. So if you're not a good converter, then you wanna go on T3 only, but it's all about finding that happy place, finding your optimal. So this is where we pair your labs up with your symptoms. We cannot dose you based on labs. You, We cannot dose you just based on your symptoms, but your symptoms play a big role because you know your body more than anyone. Um, So there's no real answer about what is best, but I will say just this. I have noticed in general that the synthetics are easier for doctors to dose. So if we're working with your doctor and you're starting new from scratch, right? You are a newly diagnosed patient it's not like you've been on Synthroid and the generic and a whole bunch of other things and we're just trying to figure out okay what medication were for you what didn't what were your numbers what was involved what was contributing all that good stuff if you're brand new I would recommend starting on the synthetics because they're a little bit more steady I guess would be the word you can kind of count on the dose and here's the other thing we can change the ratio with the synthetics. Now, with NDT, we can always add in T3 to change the ratio, I get that. So you might be on natural desiccated thyroid, we add in a little bit of T3, Cytomyl leothyronine, and then that changes the ratio because NDTs are in general 80-20 split, T4, T3. And when we add in T3, we're changing that ratio. We can do that with the synthetics as well. So if you're on Synthroid or Levoxyl or Tyrosyn, and we add in the leothyronine, then we are changing that ratio anyways, okay let's talk about your gut. Right. So when we're talking about Hashimoto's, the gut microbiome, the gut biome, immunity starts in the gut. So 80% of your immunity is in your gut. If your gut is dysregulated, chances are that alone can trigger Hashimoto's to express itself amongst many, many other things. But just something to keep in mind that your gut health, your gut status is very much tied to your immune system. So whether you are Hashimoto's or not, it is important to know that 80% of your immunity starts in the gut. So what's this thing called leaky gut? Everybody talks about leaky gut. So you say leaky gut and you think you're having the runs. That's not the case. And if you're hypothyroid, you're like, yay, please give me more gut motility, right? No, that's not the case. Leaky gut is when there is a breakdown in the whole GI tract. So I used to say this to my patients, I haven't said this in a while, so this will be fun. Think about your GI system as being the size of a tennis court, because it is mouth to bum, laid out, size of a tennis court. Think of how many things can go wrong. Think of the size of a tennis court. What if you have a hole in it? What if there's a chip or a crack? Right? Things are going to get through. A, that's a lot of space for something to go epically wrong. So, gut is the size of a tennis court. Think of all the different things that you are exposed to on a daily basis from toxins to medications to beauty products to the air you breathe, BPAs, things that you drink, all the different endocrine disruptors, what you brush your teeth with, what you put on your body, all the makeup. A woman, I want to say, is exposed to something like 200 to 600 chemicals before she leaves the house. It's something crazy. So all of that is going to disrupt your gut microbiome. So very important to treat your gut, discover leaky gut, um, avoid foods that cause gut inflammation, thereby worsening autoimmune disease. And and we're going to go over those. So just something to keep in mind. And then cut down on your environmental toxins and exposure. Like I said, we will go more into this in our detox episode, but just something to go over. Endocrine disruptors, cigarette smoke, flame retardants, the carpeting that you're exposed to, you got a new couch, yeah, that has flame retardants on it. Uh, BPA, so bisphenol A, plastic water bottles, uh, your Tupperware. I mean, everything that you come in contact with usually has an endocrine disruptor if you can reduce that by 80% 80% you can control 20% you can't and then there's going to be things that you choose not to like hair color so 20% that you can't control 80% you can control in that 80% do your best and look at the labels and lo- use something like EWG or Healthy Living app to check your products with what you're using to see what kind of chemicals you're exposing yourself to. If you can reduce that by just a little bit. So grab, you know, one of these stainless steel water bottles instead of plastic. Get the glass containers instead of plastic containers for your food. Any little thing that you can do. Stop smoking. Get hardwood floors instead of carpeting if you can. Any of those little things that you can do is going to make a huge, huge difference difference then the big foods to avoid you've heard me say this before right processed foods sugars and halogens you're like what's halogen so it's things with bromine bromine bromide brominated vegetable oil Mountain Dew has brominated vegetable oil in it chlorine and fluoride so you're brushing I know this isn't a food but you're brushing your teeth with that fluoride toothpaste right mouth is here thyroid's here it's going to affect it These are endocrine disruptors and the thyroid is part of the endocrine system. So you don't wanna disrupt it, especially when you're trying to optimize it. You need to stay away. So in addition to doing whatever you can that 80% with your environment, I want you to think about food. So processed foods contain a lot of chemicals. Bottom line, you eat processed foods, you're causing gut inflammation, And you are basically sending those soldiers out to attack your thyroid, thus decreasing your thyroid function and or causing your medication to not work so well. And you don't want that to happen either. Sugar is highly inflammatory, highly inflammatory to the gut, to the brain, to your body. You already have those muscle pains and that brain fog. That's going to increase it. You start eating a lot of sugar, your weight's going to go up even more than it is right now. So you want to avoid sugar, avoid processed foods, and then we get into the halogens. If you look at iodine, iodine is needed by the thyroid, right? It's needed by the thyroid in the proper amount. I always call it the Goldilocks mineral because you want to just get in that real nice middle happy zone with iodine, but iodine is a halogen. So if you look at the periodic table, you'll see that bromine, chlorine, and fluoride or fluor, I think it's fluorine on not periodic table are all halogens are all very close to iodine so they will interfere with iodine uptake of the thyroid they will interfere with how your thyroid functions so looking at your labels look for that brominated vegetable oil you got a bottle of do mountain Dew sitting around grab that i noticed that years ago even before i really started getting into the nitty gritty of the thyroid and the different things the endocrine disruptors I remember being in my 20s and turning over a bottle of Diet Mountain Dew. Because, you know, back in my 20s, we didn't even know to avoid artificial sweeteners. And that's something else you have to avoid, too. We'll get into that in a second. I picked it up and I was like, you know, I don't know about like this. It was like wood-rosen, brominated vegetable oil. Or brominated wood-rosen. I'm like, that just doesn't sound like an ingredient that I want to have. I don't know. It just sounds wrong to me. All across the board so artificial sweeteners artificial sweeteners are endocrine disruptors as well they will cause your cause your thyroid to not function properly they will also cause weight gain so they will cause insulin resistance your body sees artificial sweeteners so that's your aspartame your sucralose your asulfame potassium the pink the blue the yellow sees it as sugar so there's a study i always like to talk about studies they did a study they took two groups of people one group got pop. the other group got regular pop both groups gained weight, the diet pop group gained more weight because of the endocrine disruption that occurred from the artificial sweeteners. So it down regulated their thyroid function and also caused insulin resistance because the body responds to these artificial sweeteners just like you're eating sugar. So it's going to super secrete insulin out and you're gonna be in a fat storage mode, not what you want. Supplements, so up in the description, I just did a new freebie for you. It's supplements that, it's a supplement cheat sheet, supplements that we use with Hashimoto's. You don't need a ton. You do not need a ton. So last week I did a video of why I don't like functional medicine. And in it I talked about these functional medicine practitioners loading down their patients with laundry lists of supplements. Patients come to see me with bags of supplements. You don't need that many. I went through the ones that I take and in that supplement cheat sheet, there's very good descriptions as to why you need to take these, but you can still pick and choose. You don't have to get every single one. Pick one that works for you. My digestion is fine. I don't need betaine HCL. But for Hashimoto's patients who have poor digestion still, that's a great one. If you're struggling with weight, then maybe you want to add in the berberine synergy because we've talked about that ad nauseum of how it helps with insulin resistance and it helps calm down those carb and sugar cravings. And then the ketoneutropic drink, which I think is nothing short of a miracle, um, that has all the electrolytes, got the magnesium in it that we need anyways for our thyroid function. And then it has the beta hydroxybutyrate, which brings you into a state of ketosis, which makes you burn fat better. And I tell, always tell my story about how I started about a year ago and then my clothes started fitting better. And then my jeans went all baggy and I fit in the jeans I hadn't fit into since 2010. Yeah, I still kept them. They were from buckle. I wasn't going to throw them out. So Ketonootropic drink is great, but customize it. Pick and choose. Disclaimer, always disclaimer. Talk with your doctor about any supplements that you're taking to make sure that they approve. Look at the cheat sheet and build it out. Ask me questions, build it out. But you don't need a laundry list of supplements. You don't need that many. You need targeted. So when I work with patients one-on-one, I give you a targeted list of supplements to use. I tell you why we're using them and what to expect to see because you don't wanna just take supplements willy nilly and then not get any bang for your buck and not get any changes or results or numbers move or anything like that. So you need to know what to look for, what the supplement's gonna do and why we're using it. Don't just do it. Don't just get it because you saw it on Dr. Oz. And do not get your supplements from Amazon. That's worth repeating because people are still doing it. Do not get your supplements from Amazon. Most of the time they're counterfeit. I don't care how much research you do. If it's $20 cheaper, that might be a red flag, then it's not real. Do not get your supplements from Amazon. It's not worth it, not worth it. I like Designs for Health. I go into a a litany of why they are family owned. Everything's made in the USA. Their philosophy is science first and everything that they make works. So if you're buying something to actually move your numbers, guess what, your numbers are gonna move and you're gonna feel different and it actually works. Side story with that, I had a family member, friend, friend of the family, um, older gentleman that I was just helping on the side and he had horrible cholesterol and pre-diabetes. And I said, you gotta start on the Berberine, Berberine Synergy. By designs for health it's going to reduce your a1c it's going to reduce your glucose your fasting glucose you're going to lose some weight and it's going to it has lipid protecting properties as well so it's going to work on those lipids and he wanted to save money and he went through his daughter who actually works for like a vitamin world or something and she got him a berberine supplement that made by a different company one year later he had his numbers done again lab's done again nothing changed i mean zero not even one point now compare that to a patient that i always talk about who i wrote a paper about who he re-reduced his hemoglobin a1c from 13.9 to 8.4 in six weeks 13.9 to 5.4 in six months basically reversing his diabetes Mm, i think the berberine worked there in addition to his hard work but the berberine worked so watch where you buy from Brand snob, that's me. Company, you have to look out where you're buying your supplements. Don't buy them on Amazon. So we went over the supplements. Yes, you need anti-inflammatory vitamins, the best ones. Vitamin D and vitamin A. But I don't recommend a lot of vitamin A unless somebody is in an autoimmune flare because that can interfere with medication. So vitamin D, definitely. But it's worth mentioning glutathione. I had a patient question me about this today. I am taking liposomal glutathione. It has to be liposomal form in order for it to be absorbed. Yes, you can use NAC and acetylcysteine. That's the precursor to glutathione. Glutathione is the most potent antioxidant, detoxifying antioxidant ever. So if you feel like, we talked about this chemical exposure thing, right? So if you feel like you're really kind of weighed down by chemical exposure, if you're like me who had to take a crap ton of Advil and Maxol about two weeks ago from a migraine that wouldn't let go, I felt rather toxic after that, but I had to. It was that bad. So now I'm taking a lot of glutathione to push that out, support my liver, support my detoxification processes. Can't hurt, glutathione's pretty awesome. I'm all about anti-aging. You don't want to overdo the antioxidants though because that can actually backfire. So be careful with your antioxidants, but a good vitamin C and glutathione thrown in is A1, M1 and um, anti-inflammatory vitamins, vitamin D. Okay, when to take your thyroid replacement medication? You must wait one hour after eating. You must wait one hour, well, before eating. You must wait one hour after and before eating. So let's say you're taking it in the morning. You're, you are on NDT, T3. You take it in the morning. Wait an hour because waiting 40 minutes will cut your absorption down by 20 to 40%. You don't want that. You don't need that. So make sure that you are waiting that one full hour. And the other thing that you can do, I'll also make sure it is four hours away from calcium, um, any PPIs that you may be taking. And they say dairy because of the calcium. So If you're doing a little splash of heavy whipping cream in your coffee that you waited one hour to drink after taking your thyroid medication, that's fine. But you don't want to feast on a whole bunch of like cream cheese and cheese and you're doing your like keto bagel made with mozzarella cheese in the morning. Uh, So just try to four hours, four hours for that. Now, the one thing that we can do with T4 medication is dose it at night dosing it at night, T4 only. Now some people, I don't know, it wouldn't work for me because my sleep's all messed up anyways, but you can try it. You can try your NDT or your T3 before bed. Just know that that might be a restless night. Um, But T4 only, we can dose that right before bed and it actually improves absorption rate and it's a lot easier for you, isn't it? Because then you don't have to wait that full hour in the morning when you're jonesing for your coffee. So, what you can do is just take it right before bed. Set it on your nightstand. Take it before you climb into bed. Make sure you don't eat an hour before bed. And there you go. Easy breezy. Then if you are doing T3, which hopefully you are, then you can dose that throughout the next day. So, you can still take it. You still take your T3 in the morning. Take your T3 in the afternoon. T4 goes before bed, if you can. Um, If you miss a day of thyroid replacement hormone, that's okay. Just don't miss multiple. So, T4 has a very short... T4 is like the tortoise, right? It's very slow, long and slow acting. T3 is very fast acting. It peaks at four hours. So T3 is like the hare. If you miss your dose of T3, let's say today, you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot it. You can take it at night or you can just take it just to go ahead, and skip it. It's in and out of your, it's, you're fine. Just take it the next morning take it the next morning t4 same thing if you skip your t4 dose you skip your ndt just take it the next morning but if you're not consistent with your thyroid medication you're missing two three doses a week that's a problem that's a problem for your labs that's a problem for us practitioners trying to help you that's a problem for you because you're going to stay in a really hypo state and really not know what's working what's not working okay oh my gosh i think we got through everything Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please share this episode and check out the entire Thyroid Fixer podcast on all podcast platforms. If you're on iTunes, it would be awesome if you left me a review. And just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat. So you always wanna check with your doctor about any advice given on this podcast. And if you'd like to schedule a discovery call, Please refer to the show notes for all the links. Everything that we talked about in the podcast will be in there with a guide for you on how you can get your life back. Let's get you fixed.